Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. that it's been a couple of years since we've had a new solo record by you but it's not you no know, new music by you we've gotten stuff from black star writers but i love it when you do your solo stuff it, it takes me to a whole nother level in a whole nother world i appreciate that thank you so much uh, like i said what an amazing record i mean I, i'm reading the title of the record when it came out and i'm like this sort of describes like what everybody's going through right now people that live life at one time we're kind of not living it right now anymore come up with a new song idea let me know ahead of time because maybe I can predict what's going to happen next year <laughs> you, you want the lottery numbers for next week <laughs> <laughs> I'm, what are they I'm writing them down we'll go 50-50 <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah listen, I'm such a big fan of yours going back for decades Thank now you. and you know, you. one thing that I love about your music is that you have no trouble crossing barriers and boundaries, you know, mixing things together and coming up with your own sound. A lot of artists Thanks. would be a little leery about that because it would be hard to kind of pinpoint the, like one specific audience. But you're like, I'm throwing this into a blender because this is what I love and what comes out comes out. Yeah, I just don't like, I just don't love one genre of music. I'm, I mean, I just love music. And, and if that's, you know, the temptations or if that's Slayer and everything in between, then so be it, you know, because that's what I'm into. And, and it, it, I try to encompass all the influences and don't want to sort of pigeonhole myself too much. Um, so when I'm writing, you know, I'm, I'm dipping into everything that's influenced me over the years as, as an inspiration. And then, you know, when I, when I, I just try and sound like myself as much as I can when I'm making the records and, 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 put, what, and put as much Ricky Warwick in, into those influences as possible. 
But yeah, I mean, music's a melting pot, and that's the way I look at it, and that's the way I think it should be. Sure, I agree. I mean, in the end, isn't it a good song is a good song, whether it's uh, you know, like a pop song, a country song, a dance song, no matter, a, a good written song that you're going to remember and sing to, the genre shouldn't matter. That's what I adhere to. A good song, is a, you know, a good song is a good song, no matter what, you know, style it's, 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 it's in or whatever. If you can strip it down and play it on acoustic guitar, it's a great song. Absolutely. I mean, what kind of frame of mind do you get into? Because, you know, between Black Star Rising here, and I know you're not the only songwriter on Black Star Riders, you know, you got other people working on that with you, but here, I mean, it's really just like whatever pops up into your mind, you kind of go with it, because, you know, you have like a wealth of music that you draw from, and it seems like you're never short of songs. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I am the main songwriter on Black Star Riders. I mean, I write, I write um, a lot of the guitar riffs, and I write all of, most of the lyrics of Black Star Riders, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to differentiate between the two. With Black Star Riders, we have a sound and we have a style that people know and are accustomed to, and I'm very conscious of that when I'm writing for Black Star Riders because we're proud of that. We don't want to get too far away from that because that's where people love the band. I'm also very conscious, conscious about what the other guys are going to bring to the ideas. Doing the solo stuff, like all bets are off. You know, the road's wide open. You can be as narcissistic as you want to be. You can have whoever the hell you want playing on it. And I think that's the freedom that that gives you. I mean, I'm blessed to be in both worlds because I love being a Black Star Writers. But I love going off and doing my own thing. And there's certain ideas, certainly, that I come up with. There's no way that they'd work in the Black Star Writers context. But I know that they'll work with Ricky Warwick solo. And it gives me the freedom to be able, be able to do both, which I'm very blessed to be able to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I listen to the songs, I mean, you could tell that country music is a big part of your life. And when I think about some of those classic plays like Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, these were some of the biggest badasses in the world. I mean, you talk about rock and heavy metal music. <laughs> these guys blow them away. <laughs> and musically, they're I, I agree, man. You know, yeah, these are, these are the real outlaws. You know, my, my father was, was into all those artists, and he would play their records constantly. And that was my first real introduction to music was, um, you know, Patsy Cline, Johnny Cash, Jim Reeves, you know, Merle Haggard, all these greats. Uh, so that's, that was, that's where I sort of, you know, cut my teeth. And then obviously as I get older, you know, this whole landscape opens up and, uh, yeah, but I love, I mean, you know, country music, great, real country music, as I like to call it. It's just, it's so good. It is. It's so bad. It's so badass. And, and, um, you know, there was nobody cooler and meaner looking than Johnny Cash, in my opinion. He was great. Uh, absolutely. You know, when you hear these stories, they talk about Motley Crue and Ozzy and what they did in the 80s. Then you go back and you watch a documentary on Johnny Cash, and these guys are like, that's like, that's like preschool stuff. That's nothing compared to what these guys got into. Yeah, I just, you know, it was just, there's a lot of partying and that stuff in the 80s, and I get it, and it's fine. But these guys were like, you know, obviously Johnny Crack, Johnny Gascon and Plain and Filsom and, and all that kind of thing. They were, they were, they were, they had that working class ethic, and they never really forgot where they were from. And you know, it was ingrained in their DNA, and, and I think that's why I, I can relate to a lot of the songs and the lyrics. Um, you know, more than I could to than say "Girls, Girls, Girls" by Motley Crue. True. You know, like you were saying earlier, but you know, the music. Well, that's a bad song. Don't get me wrong. No, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. When you say like, you know, you you heard that music played in your house growing up, and I think most of us got into music that way by listening to what our parents were playing on the radio. When did it go to like being to forced to listen to what they were playing to like finding your own way? You know, when does it come when you say, you know what, you know, I played that, but this is my generation, and this is what I want to be and what I want to get into. When do you make that? crossover because eventually you come back to it again yeah well me it started with punk rock 
look, you know, in the late 70s and, and the, the, the influx of punk bands in the UK, really getting into that, I was turning 12, 13, you know, figuring out what life was, was, was you know, going to be about. And having two older sisters that were rock music fans reading their record collections, unless, you know, when Thin Lizzy came on the radar and Motorhead came on the radar, ACDC started to come into my DNA as well. And suddenly I was like, wow, this is a power of the electric guitar here. This is something else. You know, these... These guys can move mountains with this, you know, I, I, I got to get some of that. How do I get involved in that? What do I need to do? You know, what do I need to do to be as cool as they are? And then you just devour, start devouring music and you listen to, you know, you listen to the Sex Pistols and you go, okay, oh, whoa, they're getting it from this band, the MC5, they're getting the attitude from Iggy Pop and MC, you see, start working all these connections out and that's the beauty of music. You listen to something and suddenly you find out, you know, what their influences are and where it's connected to and, and that, then the doors just, the doors are just blown off for me when all that started to happen. When do you go from being that kind of fan, devouring everything in, and wanted to maybe learn how to play an instrument and start a band, to saying, this is what I want to do for a living, this is what I want to try to make, you know, my living at doing. I mean, it's a difficult decision to make when you get a little older. When you're a kid, you just throw, you know, sure. guts to the wind. But when sure. do you say, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to give up on it? Well, I went to a band called Stiff Little Fingers. Oh, yeah. Belfast band and they played in Belfast my hometown when I was 13 years old and it's the first show I ever went to and you know I went into that 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 concert like you know a little spotty skinny scrawny kid I walked out of that concert a spotty skinny scrawny kid but I was armed with a mission and a mission was to succeed in music and rock and roll no matter what it took and and that was it I was I, I, I became that blinkered from that day on nothing was going to stop me you know limitations and ability I was going to work at it I was going to hustle I was going to do what I had to do until I succeeded and, and I'll be honest with you that's, that's what I did you know it, it suddenly that became the, 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 the sort of the focal point of my life and, and and I never really looked back yeah I mean this is probably one of the most brutal businesses in the world the music business I mean you know, what a roller coaster ride you can go through. But did there ever come a time where you just said, I can't do this no more, and you actually put down the guitar and said, I'm done? It only happened to me one time. Um, and, it, yeah, it was the biggest mistake ever. I knew I was kidding myself. I, I, I was I was about to turn 30. I was back in Ireland. I'd been through a rough divorce. I'd lost my record, no, no record deal, no management deal, no publishing deal. Doing, doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, all my own fault, all my own choices, the choices that I was making, went, went down a very, very sort of dark road, and uh, put the guitar down for about four or five months, and just, I'm done, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get out, start doing something else in my life, and, you know, it lasted, it didn't last very long, until I realized that, you know, the music is what makes me who I am. And uh, the choices that I were making were responsible for the road I was going down. So I had to turn myself around and start heading back up towards the light. And, and that's really what I did and picked up the guitar. And that's when I really started working on the solo stuff um, and, and playing, playing acoustically. And I, I had great help from some very good buddies like Joe Elliott that got me in the studio to make my first solo record. And that really got me back on track. What was the turning point that, you know, turned it around for you? Where, where was the light? What was the light that made it, you know, come off and make you go back to music? I think the light was um, kidding, you know, realizing I was kidding myself that, you know, I'm done with music. You know, you can, you can never be done with music. I mean, it's in your DNA. You can never get it out there. You know, the funny story, and this is a true story, was I, I, I started getting myself healthy because, you know, I was drinking too much and doing too much other stuff and feeling miserable and feeling sorry for myself. And I, I, I actually qualified as a personal fit, fitness trainer. I started working at a gym in Dublin. And the second day I was working in the gym, this guy came in and he worked for a published company and he recognized me and offered me a publishing deal there and then on the spot. 
And the publishing deal was what I would have made a year working as a personal trainer. Wow. And I just worked, and I just worked, that, that's, that's a sign, you know, that's, you know, the stars have aligned. And I literally lasted two days in the job and then I quit and I was back in, the, I was back making music again, you know, so it was meant to be. I'm glad for that. I'm glad you saw that light because it's given us dozens of records over the years, one better than the other. Thank you. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago with the Patsy Cline, it was crazy. Yep. What an amazing album that was. I mean, I know Nicholas Glass put it out as a double album with uh, with one before that, Hearts on Trees. Yeah. But such a, you know, acoustic and rock, you know, mixed together. One album of one, yep. one album of the other. And when I listen, I go, you know, where was his head at when he was putting all this together? <laughs> it just seems so much to take on, you know. And yeah. I, I shake well, my head. Thanks, man. I mean, I... I started writing that record with my, my buddy of mine from Belfast, Sam Robinson, and we started writing songs about growing up in Northern Ireland and, and our experiences when we were kids growing up through the Troubles and, and beyond. And the songs just kept coming. You know, it was only ever going to be an album, you know, 11 songs. And suddenly I'm like, I'm like, wow, we've got like 25 songs here, you know? And I went to my mommy's when I said, I can't, I, there's no way I can, I can, I can condense this into one record. And then we just hatched the idea to do the double album, make one the full band album and, and one acoustic. And, and, and that's what we did. And it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed making, making those records. Yeah. I and mean, was the fighting heart something that was just put together to ground, you know, play the record live and put it on? Or is it something that you want to continue doing under that banner? Yeah, Mike, that's really the name I give the live band, the live touring band. Um, and you know that's it's ever available out of my buddies. Whoever wants to do the tours, when when we when I go out solo, yeah, that's just the name for the for the guys in the band, the Fighting yeah. Hearts. So I'll continue that. When I go out playing solo with the band, it'll be Ricky Warwick and the Fighting Hearts. I'm hoping you get out there and play solo again, sort of play anything again. So it's been a, a really. I know, hard... man. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know you had the acoustic virtual show last week, and you have something coming up with a Zoom session on February 20th, and. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way, you know, to at least keep in touch with the artists and see them performing again. But do you worry that, like, you know, I remember when MP3 started coming out, people were like nobody's gonna buy records no more or CDs, and it kind of took a little downturn where people were downloading music for free. Do you think that might happen now with bands saying, you know what, I'm not gonna go out and play live no more. I'll just go on the internet, charge a few dollars, do a live show. I, I worry about live music now more than ever before. I don't think you can ever replace live music. I think, I think no matter how good technology gets, you'll never replace the spirit and the soul of actually going to a concert and, and standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody and, and soaking up that atmosphere. Yeah. There's no way you can replicate that, re replicate that. And I just think that that's, that's always going to be there. Listen, I will continue to do some of the online shows even when we get back to normality. When we go out, I'll do the odd one here and there because they're fun and they're easy. And, and, and you know, you've got a worldwide reach right there at your fingertips. It's, it's not the same. And I, don't th I think people realize that it's not the same. And I I'm not too worried about live shows. I think people will always want to go out and see bands. They, they, they should, because that's really the only way to experience this kind of music or any kind of music is live. In front of, whether it's a theater or, you know, rock concert, it doesn't yeah. matter. You have to be out there. And I know over the years, you know, some of these shows that I've gone to, you know, I've seen the audience shrink. And you're like, you know, why don't you go to that show? It's your favorite band. Oh, it's a Tuesday yeah. night. I, I was tired. I'm hoping <laughs> that, you know, when people didn't see a show for the last year, that they remember that and say, next time these guys come to town. I'm going yeah, I, I hope it's not taken for granted the way it was, because obviously there was an abundance of live music, you know, back before the, the pandemic hit. And I, and I think you're right. I think people now will, hopefully will realize, oh, we'll, you know, we'll put those sort of lame excuses to one side and, and, make, and make the effort to get out and see, and see a show. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I know you're in LA right now. I'm in New York, and it's horrible here, and it's probably the same over there for venues open up to play. There are some places yeah. in the other states that have, you know, venues to play up, but is it worth 
going out right now and even attempting to do anything? Me, I mean, personally, um, you know, Mike, I'm, I'm, I'd rather wait until everybody's safe and everybody feels good about being together and going out. And we can all enjoy ourselves together. I don't. I would hate it to put anybody at risk. I would hate anybody to get sick at one of my shows. You know, I've got a responsibility to myself, a responsibility to my family, and a responsibility to the people that come to see me play. And until that's safe and we can all just go in there and forget about the outside world and have a good time like we used to, um, I'll wait. I'll yeah. wait until that's the case. Yeah. You know, again, I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about this record on the internet from people. If they're all these years, I mean, I shouldn't say years, it's been decades and decades that you've been writing music. Do you really care what yeah. people write about anymore or, or the reviews? Because the internet has given a lot of people a lot of power <laughs> to, like, you know, just write whatever they want, whether they know anything about it or not. Do you pay you know, I, I do. I, I read the stuff that people write. And, um, you know, I, being a musician, you, you've, you've got to have a thick skin. You're working in this, you've got to have a really, really thick skin. And, I'm of the opinion, you know, it gets me down that people would, would, would go out of their way to be negative. I think it gets me down people go out of their way to be negative in life generally because I, I just don't get it. I mean, you know, it, it, to, to attack somebody, you know, if you, listen, if I don't like something or it doesn't appeal to me, I don't buy it or I don't listen to it. I'm not going to go on there and go, you suck and why you do, you know, why put that negative energy on somebody else? And you know, people that are doing that and, and, and putting that out there, they, they need to have a long, hard look at themselves because that, that shit begins at home, excuse my language, that begins at home and, 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 and in the mirror and, you know, I, I just, there's so much negativity, you know, why, you know, everybody's trying to do the best that they can and, and you know, let's get some positivity going out there. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's really, it really has become horrible when you think about it because, listen, not every artist is going to write music that appeals to every single human being on the face of the earth. You know, they'll have their fans, they have people, but just say, well, it's, it, you know, I'm not really, it's not really my cup of tea, it's not my record. I think I can handle that with sure. no problem, but like I said, the viciousness of it is what gets to you. And when you first started, like, you know, reading reviews about your music, no matter how far back it was, did you try to change anything about how you did things based on that review, or did you just kind of let it off your chest? I've never changed a thing due to what somebody said to me that I didn't know or didn't trust. Look, if, so, if somebody I really admire and trust has an opinion, I will listen to that opinion and give it some thought. And if I agree with it, I'll act on it. But, you know, somebody I've never met or somebody that doesn't know me as a person or, or whatever and wants to go on there and, and, and slide me off, you know, have fun, enjoy it, but it's not going to change anything. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, so what's the plans for the record? I mean, we're only in the beginning of the year, but are there any plans for this year? I mean, it's kind of hard to promote the record out live. So what do you do? Just, you know, stay, keep with the interviews and maybe the online shows this year? At the moment, yeah. You know, until, like I said, we get the all clear. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that might be at the end of the year. Um, I'm moving some stuff into 2022. But, yeah, I mean, as soon as I can get back out there and play and it's all good, I will be there. Um, as much as I can at the moment I'm just playing the waiting game like everybody else yeah I tell you when this does clear I hate to be the book is in the promotion trying to get people in the venues know. you know it's gotta be well, it'll be, the, the venues it'll be great for the venues to be you know have a show on every night and people go into them every night because they believe me the venues need it to really badly true you know last year I, I keep saying last year I'm forgetting we're 2021 now but in 2019 another state of grace another amazing yeah. album from Black Star Riders thank you when you talk about being a kid in Ireland, I mean, you know, Thin Lizzy have to be the hometown heroes. Did you ever just say to yourself, one day, <laughs> and then actually have to? Uh, listen, you know, you, we all dream when we were kids of, of singing in our favorite band. I mean, that's always the dream when you're a kid. I mean, I, I looked out big time. Looked, I just looked out big time. And, and um, yeah, it's such an honor and, and privilege. And it's a humbling experience just to sing those wonderful Thin Lizzy songs because they were a part of my DNA growing up in Ireland and they are my favorite band of all time and uh, and, uh, and nothing has changed 
in that respect and, and to look after those wonderful songs that Phil left us is, is a huge honor for me huge honor and you and Ricky I have to tell you do it because you know there have been a lot of bands that have lost a key member or the lead singer who's always the focal point of the band and some guys have stepped in and made it their own some guys haven't you definitely sure. have made it your own and you've held homage thank to you. the great Phil so I mean I appreciate that thank you so much well look you know Phil's still the singer of Thin Lizzy. He, <laughs> he always will be. He's irreplaceable. And in, in, in my mind, you know, when I close my eyes when I see Lizzy, I don't see it with me, I see it with Phil. Phil's a guy. I'm not the lead singer of Thin Lizzy. All I've been doing is I've, I've just been giving the keys to the songs and I'm just giving them a, a, you know, I'm just taking them out there and letting, letting people hear what they're missing. So hopefully you can go and check out Phil or people who never got to see Lizzy back in the day or even younger kids that are discovering Lizzie for the first time if I can drive them back to how great Phil was and and they can go and check all of that then that makes me very happy uh, I think you've done that but Ricky I'm not going to keep I know you got a whole bunch of these things to do but Life was hard and fast what an amazing record man I'm looking forward to thank the next you. one already and I'm still devouring thank this you. one thanks Mike I appreciate all your support my friend thank you so much I'm always there for you buddy you have a great day you take care of yourself stay safe you too my friend stay safe you too thanks Mike take bye care bye bye Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.